This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. JP with the Golden State Warriors. Now back to Willard and Beers. Okay, JP, Warriors and Bucks tonight on 95-7 the game. And before we get into a further 49er conversation with our buddy Mike Silver, uh, the Giants have signed another free agent. It is, oh. again, not necessarily the one you're hoping for. Um, but one of those I don't hate it deals. Uh, Ross Stripling, who was 10 and 4 with an ERA of 301 with Toronto last year, signs the exact same deal Sean Manaya signed. Two years, $25 million, opt out in the middle. Ross Stripling added to what appears to be a seven or eight or nine man rotation for the Giants. So, um, really hard to believe that they're still talking to Carlos Rodon now because they're up to six or seven starters already. Right. And that's not including Kyle Harrison, who's going to be up probably in June if everything goes well. So, I never thought they were going to retain Carlos Rodon. Yep. He opted out. He wants more than what the Giants want to give him. And again, Farhan yet to sign anybody to a longer deal than three years in his entire tenure. I don't mind the way they do their pitching. Um, it, it's the offense that, that needs a, a total reboot. More on that coming up after we uh, have our chat with Mike Silver every week right here on Willard and Dibs 95.7 The Game. Sounds to me like you spent a good bit of time over the last week of your life with one Tom Brady. Brady, Mike, what, 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 <laughs> well, yeah, what were, uh, what were some of your takeaways? Just, just on Sunday, but, um, it was cool, cool to catch up. Uh, we kind of laughed about the fact that I've been covering him for 23 years, which makes us both <laughs> kind of old. And, uh, yeah, you know, it was not his, uh, favorite day of football, obviously. He was pumped to play in, uh, this part of the Bay Area for the second time ever only and had 83 friends and family members up in the nosebleeds, uh, ready to watch. And, you know, it was a big, big game for the Bucks and it obviously went horribly wrong. So, uh, he's a ruthless competitor. He was not thrilled. He's a little stressed out about the state of the team, but, uh, you know, we, we talked about everything, including, uh, you know, the specter of next year and uh, what might happen. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think he don't think he's going there yet, but it's looming and looming. And it's going to loom for everyone, depending on how Brock does. And if Brock continues to play well, if Trey Lance can get back in the fold, maybe they don't need Tom Brady. How surprised were you that Tom issued or gave an autograph to Dre Greenlaw in the post game? That seemed almost unprecedented. I mean, you know, he, he doesn't get treated like the typical quarterback who just lost the game, that's for sure. Uh, it's what happens when you're a living legend that nobody's ever done it at 45. So it's, you know, it, it's it's a trip. I mean, if Michael Jordan was still out there balling when he was 45 at a high level, uh, pretty much after every game, there'd be people trying to take pictures with him, et cetera. So, yeah, um, you know, I don't think he loves uh, post game after he loses. He traditionally gets off the field very quickly. This time he didn't. Um, and I'm sure he was seething inside as he graciously, uh, you know, said nice words to everybody and signed the football and all that. And he gets it intellectually. I mean, Greg Greenlaw is quietly one of the best players in the league this year, made an incredible play, is basically saying, like, yo, dude, we both do the same thing, but I'm putting you on a higher level, uh, you know, than the rest of us. And even though I was trying to beat you, I would love to have this memento because you, you know, represent greatness. So that's a cool thing intellectually. I just know how competitive he is. And the Jordan analogy is apt because, 
you know, we those who didn't get to experience Jordan up close saw it in the last dance. But uh, you know, when you're maniacally driven and hyper competitive and have to define yourself constantly by uh, you know your ability to to win uh, games and other things, uh, you you're not happy when you lose. Uh, Mike, there was certainly the insinuation in your article, and you're not the first one to bring it up, about the idea of Tom being a free agent next year and whether or not the 49ers would be a fit. Now, we're all getting ahead of ourselves with Brock Purdy, but if he continues to look the way he looks now, would that would that push any idea of another big-name quarterback uh, being added to the 49ers next year? What do, what do you think? Well, I think it's all part of the equation, right? So if Brock Purdy keeps looking like this all the way through a Super Bowl triumph, then logic would suggest that you're going with Brock Purdy, right? So that would be the highest level. Um, you know, let's say Brock Purdy plays pretty well, but there's ups and downs, and the season ends the way it did last year, where, you know, he played pretty well, but, you know, throws an interception at the end, can't bring him back. Is the fan base going to say, Oh, he's just like Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, not that the fan base is deciding. So, I mean, there are gradations of this, and history did not begin 11 days ago, though some people like to, you know, assess it that way. Um, the 49ers would have the luxury of a bridge-type quarterback if that's the way they wanted to go. So, you know, let, let's look at the four scenarios, right? And Brady, by the way, will be an unrestricted free agent. I believe from talking to people who've talked to him, not necessarily from my conversation with him, that he's inclined to try to play in 2023. And I do believe, as with three years ago, he would have interest in the 49ers, if nothing else, just the attachment to his hometown. You know, his parents are still in San Mateo, et cetera, et cetera. So um, if he had interest and if he were, if he is coming back. Um, if you're the 49ers, you go, okay, Jimmy uh, played really well and we loved it. Um, we tried to get rid of him, you know, a, at least once, if not more than once. And we can't tag him and he's an unrestricted free agent. And somebody's probably going to pay Jimmy good money to be a starting quarterback. I think he's the least likely. Uh, Trey Lance and Brock Purdy, you have under contract and everything's fine. You have so much invested in Trey Lance that it's hard for me to think he won't at least be on the roster and have a chance to try to elevate. Brock Purdy has shown you something. You have no reason not to have Brock Purdy around. He's only going into the second year. And as you said, maybe he'll show you so much that you'll feel even more comfortable. But, you know, it's not like you have Brock Purdy and Trey Lance you're trying to decide and, oh, yeah, you're bringing in Deshaun Watson. The, the idea of bringing in Tom Brady, who'd be 46, is still enticing in that scenario because it's obviously somewhat of a short-term situation. It's a bridge quarterback type thing. It's a unique opportunity. You have a talented, stacked roster that you believe can win now, and it doesn't cost you the evaluation of Purdy and or Lance uh, you know, in the process. So that, to me is something that's hard to turn down. And I know a lot of people are out there going, but Brock Purdy won! He beat Tom Brady! He's better! Look at him! And, you know, hey, maybe history will show that Brock Purdy in 2022 is better than Tom Brady. I think that's a stretch. I think that would be hard. But maybe that'll happen. But if you're basing it on one game, uh, you might not be evaluating it right. Well, basing it on a game in three quarters in terms of the 49ers and Super Bowl possibilities, do you think, do you get the sense that they haven't really missed a beat in terms of in the locker room and their thinking as far as how far they can still go this year with Brock Purdy? Well, I think they missed a beat when they saw Jimmy, you know, leave the field. I think people were like, and I would include Kyle in that equation, like, um, okay, this is going to be way, way harder. And the, even though Purdy obviously played well against the Dolphins in the aftermath of that, people who spoke honestly were saying, yeah, it's going to be tougher. Uh, you know, they're proud people and they're stacked and they believe in themselves. So it's not like they're like, oh, there goes the season. But you know, people who understand football were definitely thinking, yes, it's going to be tougher. They're thinking that a little bit less now, probably, because he played really, really well in this last game. 
But again, you know, Jimmy has played really, really well for stretches, and people are fond of reminding us that he is not perfect. So Brock Purdy's not perfect. That interception got called back. That would have been a bad interception. Brady's touchdown pass got called back. That would have been a more competitive game had that happened. So we want to see Brock Purdy when he's down 14 nothing. We want to see him on the road. We want to see him uh, in a playoff game, ideally. And there's more evaluation to be done. But the bottom line is Kyle Shanahan, this is his job. He will make the evaluation. He knows quarterbacks. He knows what's right for him. I do know that they were really impressed with him, you know, throughout the offseason and in camp. I do know he's got a real strong sense of self, young Mr. Purdy, and he's not, you know, shrinking in in the face of the opportunity. So all that's good. Um, And remember, um, if they loved him as much as they are professing to right now, he would not have gone to 62. They probably would have turned in that card, you know, I don't know, maybe third round, fourth round. So, and that doesn't mean they can't love him that much now. Just, you know, everybody take a deep breath. It's a really good team. It's gone well. Of course, they are able to win the Super Bowl on paper. It's going to be hard. And if they are able to get to the Super Bowl, which would be a triumph with anyone at quarterback, um, you're going to see Purdy versus Mahomes or Purdy versus Allen or Purdy versus Lamar or Purdy versus Burrow, most likely. And people are going to go, yeah, I think the quarterback matchup favors the AFC. No offense. Yeah, no doubt about that. Mike Silver with us here, Willard and Dibbs, 95-7 the game. I wonder by extension of that conversation, though, and again, we're still so early on Purdy, but it, it feels to fans like there's a characteristic building here, which is draft a player at a position kind of high and then grab somebody late or in the undrafted area and it turns out that late guy is better. Let's go if that is the way Purdy Lance plays out. There was the Trey Sermon, uh, Elijah Mitchell draft. There's TDP to Jordan Mason. What do you think, Mike? Does a team get credit for what they found late or do they get blame for, for making the wrong pick on the early end? Depends how many games they win. For example... If the 49ers traded three ones and moved up to number three and took Trey Lance and he turns out to be a bust, that is a black mark. But if you win through it and you end up with a quarterback, all good. Uh, Another example, if you draft Cleveland Farrell, what, fourth overall, and miss on a bunch of high picks, but you get Max Crosby late and some other good guys, you're like, hey, I did the same thing. Look, I got some late picks. But you don't win, you are fired. So Mike Mayock was fired. John and Kyle will probably be in a great position if this year goes the way it seems to be going. So that's the answer. And that's why you don't frivolously, you know, blow off late round draft picks because you never know. And that's why you take quarterback. But, um, yeah, it's, it's not a great state of affairs for a franchise to invest that much in a quarterback with that high of a pick and have it not work out. And I'm not saying it won't. I'm just saying that would not be good for anyone. If you win through it, you get away with it. Yeah, and leaning toward not working out, but still a lot left to be determined. If Purdy can't play Thursday because of the oblique, Josh Johnson starts. Has any team ever started four quarterbacks in a year and made it to the Super Bowl? Uh, there was a stat. Sean Payton told me the stat um, I, himself because he was going through it. When he started Ian Book, uh, in, was that two years ago or last year? It, in a uh, nationally televised night game when they had a bunch of injuries, he, asked, he, he cited a stat to me, and I'm sorry, I don't know exactly, but how many uh, has a coach ever won games with, X amount of starting quarterbacks in one year. So my suspicion is probably not four, but I am not a stat geek, so I'm going to have to leave that to your crack research team over there. Thank you. But I will say this. uh, Josh Johnson is no joke. Uh, I will fight this battle, you know, with anyone. I've known him since, you know, he entered the league. He's been on 14 teams. I know a lot of coaches and talent evaluators who have said to me, over the years, you know what? I'd rather have Josh Johnson than our guy right now. You know, it's like Josh Johnson's good. You can win with Josh Johnson. He's smart. He he can move. Like a lot of people like him, and for whatever reason, 
it hasn't stuck. But he played well last year when he when he played. Uh, if he has to play Thursday, I believe he'll you know rise to the moment. Uh, and so that's a pretty good situation to have. And by the way, we're like. Things are so accelerated now. We've gone from, oh, my God, Jimmy's hurt, the Super Bowl is lost. <laughs> Ha-ha, Brock Purdy's playing, to we don't need Tom Brady. We've got Brock Purdy, to is Brock Purdy durable enough to be a franchise quarterback? Because <laughs> he might miss his next start. So let's just go through the entire cycle and, and uh, you know, just speed right to his retirement. So. <laughs> the NFL's amazing, isn't it? I mean, every Sunday we come back Monday and Life is totally different. It's totally well, different. I will, I will say this. So in, in 1989, I started covering the 49er beat um, at the age of 24 for the now defunct Sacramento Union. And Eric Wright, the veteran corner, esteemed corner who won four Super Bowls, was an incredible player, uh, you know, was all over me from day one, lovingly. We are still close to this day. But he was like, Silver, why you put so much, I'll say BS, why you put so much BS in the paper? Why you put so much BS in the paper? And finally, I came back with an answer, and I said, dude, there's not enough games. There's six days between games. What what else are we going to do? We got to, you know, we got to come up with storylines leading in, and then then I went to SI, and I only wrote every week, so it was awesome. I could kind of, like, wade through it and, you know, only decide to write about what actually mattered. But, um, you know, now, obviously, we have Twitter and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, we hyperventilate between these games, <laughs> and that's why the games mean so much, because there aren't a lot of them. But, yeah, people are freaking out. So I am here, an old soul and an old person, to remind you that history did not begin 11 days ago. And maybe that's why I felt comfortable talking to Tom Brady after the game. And maybe that's why he felt comfortable talking to me. But we, you know, we might see it from a different perspective. And yet I know him. I know how maniacally competitive he is. I know this is ripping him up, and I, you know, it's all crazy that he's still playing and he's still playing like this, and I feel like what if Brady comes back here in the playoffs and rips everyone's throat out and wins again? I mean, if it was anyone else, I'd be like, no way, that team sucks. He's old. Like, the 49ers are too good. There's no way. It's not going to happen anyway with the seedings, et cetera, et cetera. But because it's him, and I've watched it for so long, I'm kind of like... The Bucks will slop into the playoffs. They'll beat the Cowboys in the first round. The seedings will work out. They'll come back to Levi's, and Tom Brady will throw for, you know, two touchdowns in the final three minutes and rip everyone's throat out, and it will just, you know, that's just how it is. Yep. So I don't know if that's going to happen, but I'm not ruling it out. No, I mean, we, we've all learned. Assuming that Tom Brady is washed is like assuming that Jimmy Garoppolo won't be on the 49ers next year. Um, it's just, we just, it's, right. don't do it. You yeah, can't, we can't do, risk we're it. not going to make that assumption anymore. Hey, Mike, great stuff. Thank you for hyperventilating with us. Hey, you know, caffeine helps, but anytime. Uh, caffeine helps is that's the shirt that I want. 957thegameshop.com. Do we have that yet? Caffeine helps. Caffeine helps. <laughs> yeah. We can yeah. add that to our list of Willard and Dibs. You know that I never I never had coffee. I had caffeine because, right, you know, right. soda, whatever. I, ne- I never had coffee until after my 40th birthday. Really? Never. Not, not even? One, no. Not a once. Like, and you're not a soda guy either. You're pretty healthy in no, terms I, of... No, I used to be. I gave it up, and then that was part of the problem. The headaches started coming more, and yeah. it was so hilarious. I'll just never forget the day because I had never had coffee, and I don't like hot drinks, so we rocked an iced coffee, just dump a bunch of vanilla in that sucker, and I'm like, yeah, it was pretty good. And I went and did a radio show and it's one of those days where you're just like I'm good at this I've been, <laughs> I'm ready fire. to run through a wall right now like I feel yeah, so yeah. good and the guy I was with his name's Ryan Field he now works in New York yeah right Ryan looks at me and goes well congratulations you have now found out what the rest of the world already knew. Right. You are the last one of the party. Yeah. Caffeine helps. Caffeine helps. Yeah. <laughs> There's a shirt right there. Add it to uh, 957thegameshop.com. Willard and Dibs, <laughs> caffeine helps. And maybe we can come up with other great wisdoms, you know, to put on, like, sunshine better than rainfall, but, for example, uh, you know? Usually, usually, yeah. Although, I mean, hey, but then need, there's always someone, one more yeah, person, we need rain. If, if one more person... 
Oh God, we need it as it's you know an absolute deluge. You're out there trying to walk your dog. You have eight walk layers on, old. right? You've got gloves on. It's just miserable. And the oh, person, we need it. Oh, it's just so great, isn't it? We need it. That's what I knew. I was an adult in front of my house walking my dog, and then someone walks by. I was like, boy, we needed this rain. Am I right? And Jade's like, how old are you? <laughs> Spadoni, the oh, oldest 28 year old on the planet. Right. It's so good. It's so good for the environment. It's just so good for our city. I mean, oh, we drought, needed it. We needed it. Like, we're just getting pelted in the Dude, face by rain. Absolute sideways oh. downpour. And by the way, on <laughs> yeah. the weekend, hey, Mother Nature, Dude. mix in some Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> Thank you. What a joke. Bella had a soccer tournament in Mountain View and Sunnyvale last weekend, and we're on turf fields. And they fields. played it? Oh, gosh, we're on turf fields. They looked at the, I even emailed someone to go, hey, what's the, uh, what's the backup plan? The weather report looks pretty bad. I didn't even get a response. Oh, my God. They didn't respond to get, get your butt on the <laughs> sideline and get wet. That's what's going to happen. Tell your daughter, just stood be there. careful on those fields, and I'll just take 30 seconds to say again to Roger Goodell and all the owners yeah, in the National ACL. Football League, Kyler Murray gets torn up on a non-contact play just on an artificial field again. Right. And so I... I think about all the kids out there, in particular your daughter, because I know she's playing, you know, not a super high level soccer, but high enough level to where she's playing hard and she's playing on artificial fields, and it just sucks when you see that happen. Um, I back everything you're saying, although I, I, I actually think uh, I think it was a natural service last night, in Arizona, right? Correct. Yeah, I think that's a natural I think it's service. A hybrid, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's a. I think that one's. Uh, I think they that do the one... thing where they grow it outside, and they have the thing that goes underground. Yeah. I thought they had two different surfaces. I, I'll check that out. I think that. Game last night was just like Tim Lincecum on grass. All right, here we go. Uh, we're living in dreams. 888-957-9570. Let me say this I about... I mean, grass, are you I know, 80 years I know, old? I know, well, Did you get a lid? Well, Spadone was like, he, he loves the young people. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the game wasn't played on pot last night. It wasn't played on weed. What do you want me to say? Trees is the new grass. Is it? According to the kids, yes. Oh, Thank you. Then we've all got uh, weed in our houses right now. With, when I said with that. With ornaments hanging from it. So uh, I'll say this about Brock Purdy. And, and maybe, uh, maybe now I'm going to head to the, the other side of the extreme. Because this is still, it's not only a week-to-week -week league. His career is, is week-to-week right now. Um, we keep getting good news, right? We keep seeing good things, and they're real, but everyone wants to know how sustainable this is. Well, what if I said it this way with Brock Purdy? He now has two games. I know he only started one, but he's essentially played two games, and he's looked really good. Now, what do we do with all rookie quarterbacks? Whenever we see them, they come out. They look usually at best wobbly. Sometimes you can see it right away, Justin Herbert. But even Justin, like, we well, didn't go to the playoffs. It's right. not like you went out there and didn't make mistakes. Mac Jones looked good. Mac Jones. But he did look a little wobbly at times last fine, year. fine, right? When I watch Mac Jones, I never get jealous. There's still have not had one moment where I'm like, oh, they should have taken him. I, not once. Hasn't happened yet. Didn't happen last night. Remember how outraged we all were going into that <laughs> draft? If they take Mac Jones, it's a fireable offense. So outraged. You, you I mean, remember what I promised. I said I was going to walk from yeah. my childhood home to his first start at Levi's, which was a marathon distance, and I would have. I was that confident. I'm like, there's no way they're doing that. It's a long way down El Camino Real. Four miles to Levi's. I rode yeah. that on my bike. I rode from uh, then AT&T Park to then HP Pavilion. I lost a bet back in uh, 2004. How'd that go? Was it fun? 50 miles. Was it fun? I actually rode on the freeway a little bit. Okay. Uh, down there in, uh, in the San Bruno area. Okay. I couldn't figure out how to get from one piece <laughs> to the other piece, so yeah. we did a little freeway. It was pretty fun. Yeah. Long uh, ride, though. A lot I, of saddle sores. I was getting myself ready to go do it. I mean, I had promised it, and I was going to go do it, and then Trey Lance got picked, and I'm like, okay, we're not, we're not doing it, so that's good. Um, but when we see young quarterbacks... You'll hear the same thing. Peyton Manning led the league in interceptions his rookie year. It's always like, look, they need time. Yeah. Can't just come out and look good right away. Um, He is. So what is that? Like, as quickly as we all want to go, hey, tap the brakes. We're getting a little overexcited about seven quarters. Well, wait a minute. The opposite is... 
if you come out and you look awful, we're like, well, he was just a rookie. It's not like Mr. you're, Arrell, you're not allowed you? to just yeah. go out and play good football right away. And Brock Purdy's over here like, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't get that memo. I don't know that rule. Let's go win the football game. And he's done it twice against two high-level competition teams, one of them with a very good defense that he made look ridiculous in a first half of football to where they didn't even need to play in the second half. And so there's also a piece of me that goes, look, let's fall into this dream a little bit. This is real. There's no way, I don't think, like, I don't know if he's great. I don't know if he's going to be the starter now forever. But I also think this, there's no way we're going back to where suddenly Brock Purdy's just going to look like y'all expected him to look. He's not going to look like a... A, b- a baby gazelle who doesn't know how to walk and like rookie quarterbacks do. Look at all these guys who were drafted with Trey. Yeah, nobody looks great. Fields consistently can run. great. Yeah, yeah. Matt can sort of hold the clipboard. Trevor Lawrence looks good, but he's up and no, down a yeah, little bit. Up and down. This guy's just like yeah. We're fine. Let's do it right now. And he's a year younger than all of them. A lot of it, in, though, in is circle. system. And in terms of all those other teams, the Niners' offense is way far and away better yep. than all those other teams. And I think that's a big piece of it. And we'll see on Thursday, first road game, hostile environment. Pete Carroll, good defensive mind. And I know their defense struggles. And by the way, how oh, I gave it to soft. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yesterday on Seattle oh, Radio. I'd love to hear about He's that. He's coming strong on Thursday on our show okay, for some beautiful, payback. Beautiful. Um, 888-957-9570. We get to your calls next. Oh. Will Hewlett, Brock Purdy's quarterback coach, joins us in a half hour. And also, coming up next, uh, we need to take a moment to pay some respects and play you some of the funniest audio that you will hear all day. Absolutely promise. So be with us for that. That's what's up next on The Game. Brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full-service banking, no compromises. Also, all sponsored by Bed, Bath, and Beyond on Willard and Dibs. Golden State Warriors. Now back to Willard and Dibs. What up, Moody? That's a clean read. Yeah. Hey boy, Moses. We got Moody. We got Mooney. Um, Moses Mooney? <laughs> Moody Not Moses? Uh, this is breaking, however obvious. Breaking all, news. But it's official that Kyler Murray tore his ACL uh, last night. The MRI has confirmed. Uh, what was uh, what was obvious from the jump, which is that uh, Kyler Murray will uh, will miss the rest of the year. 
And dare I say... It's a damn grass, Mark. They need to play on turf. (laughs) Can't believe I had that one wrong. Uh, But I'll, I'll say this. I mean, and again, from the files of life comes at you fast. The San Francisco 49ers, who have had two season-ending quarterback injuries this year. Yeah. If you look at the future, the near-term future of the NFC West, call it the next two to three seasons, which team of the four is in the best shape at the quarterback position? It's not even close. It's not even close. I mean, before you could say which team is the second best, and even that... You've got Matthew Stafford, maybe career over. Career threatening. Kyler Murray is out for probably all of next year, too. Uh, I don't At know about that. At least half of next year. Uh, well, I mean, it's not like a 12-month Adrian hard Peterson thing, made it back in eight weeks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <by> freaking nature. <laughs> Seriously. Exactly. So you're right. He didn't miss a game. No, I, I, Kyler, he could play next year. Is he going to be ready by week one? But more importantly, as we know, is Kyler going to be Kyler? Like, even if he plays... The first year coming off the ACL, you got to go through all the mental gymnastics of, of having confidence in your body. And somebody who uses his legs the way Kyler does, like Kyler Murray next year, if he plays, is probably, probably going to be awful, is what I would predict. I mean, so yeah. And Geno Smith's a free agent. They're at ground zero. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, and, and I don't know if we would have felt that way if Brock Purdy doesn't look the way he does the last two weeks, right? right. Yeah, we'd feel a little bit more desperate in terms of getting these guys back. Arizona 7 and 0 last year, 8 and 15 since over the the course of their regular season. So that thing has fallen off dramatically. Cliff Kingsbury, who lost his mentor yesterday, Kingsbury, a former Mike Leach player uh back in the day. Mm. So, and I, I'm afraid that uh he may wind up losing his gig in Arizona. Speaking of Mike Leach, may he rest in peace. Age 61, he passed away last night from complications due to a heart condition. And uh, he was one of one. He was, he was, he was one of a kind. Uh, there were times where the things that he said sort of caught people off guard, maybe even rubbed people the wrong way because he's just one of these guys that would like, you could ask him about... Uh, you know, his quarterback, and the next thing you know, he's ranking the days of the week. I mean, like, he just, it's, he, he was all over the place. But what you're also seeing, and sometimes, unfortunately, you don't see this till someone passes away, you're seeing so many people reach out today, a lot of players, even members of the media, in terms of how he treated them behind the scenes, the, the lives that he affected, all in an incredibly, incredibly positive way. Uh, Mike Leach, I never met the man, but I want to thank him just for the times that he's given me a smile. For instance, this one, when he broke down the hypothetical scenario, if all the Pac-12 mascots got into a fight, <laughs> who would win? First of all, what kind of mythical powers does a Sun Devil have? we got to consider that. I'm going to say the Wildcats out. Uh, the Trojan, is he, does he have a horse or is he on foot? Does he have a bow and arrow or just his sword? The Bruin, definitely formidable. Another bear up there at Cal. Uh, the tree, I imagine that tree's going to get chopped down. Unless we're going to go with a bird and somebody might get pecked or something, I don't know. The duck might lose interest and just fly away and get out of there, which may be good advice under the circumstances. Uh, the husky, no chance. The beaver... Well, we'll see how long that beaver can hold his breath. Um, the ute, again, we're back to, uh, is he on horseback? Does he have a bow and arrow? Did he trade for a rifle? I mean, you know, because if that ute's got a rifle, there's some definite problems. You know, you'd have to get one of those Harry Potter activists to read up on how you kill a sun devil because there's a lot of uh, outside stuff there. As far as a beast alone... Uh, a buffalo's going to be pretty hard to tangle with. I mean, a, bu- a buffalo's d- utterly outstanding. Did I leave any of them out? <laughs> the cougar will find a way. Uh, clear-minded and crafty, a combination of stay out of harm's way and and uh, <clears throat> and attack when you get your, uh, your chances or your openings. <laughs> That's incredible. May you rest in peace. What a breakdown. By the way, it hit me in such a way because 
uh, my, my, my son, eight-year-old Jude, one of his favorite things, you know, they check out new books from the library right. every week. One of these, there's a series of books that he loves bringing home, and they're called Who Would Win? And and you read these books, and it, it, it will take you through a journey of like, all right, we got eight animals. And, and it, it like creates a bracket, like it's March Madness or something. Oh, wow. And we're sitting there reading books about what would happen if these animals did end up in the wild fighting so this is literally what Mike Leach is doing yeah. here. Who would win between a cougar and a buffalo? That's a tough call. And yeah. a lot of it comes down to venue, too, I think, you know, in terms of <laughs> where where are we playing? Where game. are we battling this? Yeah. The buffalo <laughs> is going to be tough, I think, especially in a confined space. And he's so right about the cougar, you know, the ability to lay back and strike when the opportunity presents itself. His Sun Devil breakdown was incredible in terms of the mystical power Just of the Sun it, Devil. Though, right. I yeah. mean, <laughs> does the Ute did the Ute trade for a gun? So he even goes to the Native American what? trading uh, analogy to where you know the Ute was able to trade up and get a gun. Now all of a sudden the Ute's a bigger I, factor. Does the Trojan have his horse? I mean, I got to admit, I didn't even. I almost went uh, my cousin Vinny. I'm like, what is a Ute? Yeah. I'm, I'm like, what? What? I, I don't even know what that is. The Utah Utes. I, 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 I didn't even know that they would be a factor in this conversation. Yeah. Then he, he, yeah. he called the Bruin formidable, and I don't even think people who graduated from UCLA they know that there's a bear running around on the yeah. sideline, but they don't really know what a Bruin is. Yeah, and you know. The Golden Bear of Cal and the Bruin, they kind of cancel themselves out, and he just quickly discounts the Wildcat. He's like, Wildcat, no, you're yeah, out. You're out. You're out. And well, the, you we're know, the Cougar. Same thing. He's literally the head coach at the time of the Cougars, and they're they're a cat, and they're bigger and stronger yeah. than the Wildcat. Thank you, Stein. But exactly. he's right about the, the Buffalo in terms of, you know, if you get the Trojan with no horse and the Ute without a gun, then I definitely would lean toward the Buffalo Buffalo's very formidable in that battle. I also think on this show, it's just hard for anybody to use the word horse because I can't, like, immediately I go to Boach. It doesn't matter what the scenario is. You use the word horse. Yeah, Yeah, thank you. So good good to hear from you, Boach. Mike, rest in peace. You gave us all something different, something really unique, and I think that that's... That's a, a really cool mark to leave. It's a life well lived. Yeah. And you think about his legacy as a football coach and the air raid offense that is being run by so many. And one of his pupils is the hottest coaching candidate in the country right now, Lincoln Riley. And, you know, we mentioned Cliff Kingsbury, who Kingsbury was his quarterback at Texas Tech. And so Kingsbury took some of what he learned and applied it from, from Mike Leach and Josh Heupel and Bob Stoops and so many others who were inspired by Mike Leach. They hired Mike Leach. There's a great obituary today in The Athletic. I encourage everyone to read it and read and subscribe if, if you want to go that direction. It's wonderful. I think it might be Stu, Stuart Feldman who wrote it. There's, a, there's been a couple of great tributes today. Well worth your time to read, yep. including the fact that you know he got run out of, I think it was Oklahoma State, because of the way he mistreated Craig James's son. He reportedly locked him in the closet or forced him to be locked into a closet. That's been proven to be wrong. He was disproven. He actually sued Texas Tech. He was trying to get his money back for many years. But do what you can to, to research the life of Mike Leach yeah, today. Yeah, really, really interesting guy. And uh, seemed to have a lot of positive effect on many, many, many in the college football community. So uh, at age 61, Mike Leach, may he rest in peace. 888-957-9570 is the number. Uh, Brock Purdy's quarterback coach is just about 17 minutes away. Really looking forward to that conversation. Also, the news that broke right before Mike Silver came on about 45 minutes ago that the Giants have signed another starting pitcher. It's not Carlos Rodon. It is Ross Stripling. Same Sean Manaya deal. Two years, 25 mil, with an opt-out in the middle. And Stripling was really good in Toronto last year. Went 10-4 and with an ERA of three. 3.01. I tweeted right away when I saw this. I go, okay. I know every reporter out there is going, they're still in on Rodon. They're still in on Rodon. This has to mean that they're out on Rodon because they literally now have six signed starting pitchers, and that's not counting Kyle Harrison, who may come up this year, and anyone else in the minors who might factor into this whole thing. But let me read you a tweet from Joel Sherman who covers baseball in New York. And I wonder if there's something still coming this offseason 
in the form that we haven't thought. Okay. And, and, and so so here's what Joel said. Just real quick before you get to Joel, yeah. I just looked it up. Stripling is from Bluebell, Pennsylvania. Yeah. So uh, what the hell, Farhan? I can't believe it. He's not from the, I, I, you know what's so funny? As soon as the signing came, I did the same thing. I mean, is he from San like, Carlos? Where's, where's he from? from? <laughs> where's he from? Stripling? Rona Park? Exactly. Are you from Antioch? Exactly. It's got to be somewhere close. Because, oh, we, God forbid. We both went Howard Dean. He must be from San Rafael. He must be from Nevada. He must be from from San Mateo. He must be from San Jose. Rawr! No, he's from Pennsylvania. Um, Bluebell. We'll get a steiny breakdown on Bluebell. Tell you what. Not Blue Ball. Blue State. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Ross Stripling, two for 25. This is from Joel Sherman. He writes, Jeff Passon had it first. That gives San Francisco six starters. Stripling, Cobb, Webb, Manaya, DeSclafani, and Wood. Does that mean they're out on Rodon? Or could they still trade a starting pitcher? Now, because we get to the winter meetings, because there's been so much talk about Judge and Correa, I wonder, especially if Farhan is over here going, yeah, free agents, boy. <laughs> can't sign them. Can't live with them past the beer nuts. Totally. I mean, like, which is right. If I can't do it on free agency, well, then what do you have at your disposal? Don't give them a freaking choice. I wonder. Brian Reynolds is out there. They want a defensive Didn't they outfielder. already have Brian Reynolds? They did have Brian Reynolds. Whoops, let him get away. Yeah, boy. I, I, I wonder. I wonder. Because one thing I will say about the Giants, and maybe it's why I always end up in this spot of, of more belief than all of my brethren here around, they're not going to just sit there and, and get kicked on the curb. Like, they're very aware of how ticked off everybody is. The industry sources are everywhere going, dude, the Giants need to do something like need. It's not want, need. They are in a PR but nightmare. they can't. They can't. They can if they trade. They can. I, like, all so I'm saying... who among those pitchers would be the trade? No, no clue. I mean, if you, were, if you were to put on your Farhan cap, and you've worn it many, many times, although yep. you're starting to think about throwing that thing in the dumpster... But if you were going to try to trade a player, a pitcher, and bring in a hitter of some significance, you, you don't want to trade Logan Webb. Well, it's not he's the, your best it, pitcher, it, and it, he's got great team no, control. It's not, yeah, not Logan, and obviously not Manaya, and obviously not Stripling. So the other three are Cobb, DeSclafani, and Wood, and I'm not thinking you're getting anything for one of those guys by themselves, right. but could they be part of a package? Yeah, like this is going to take minor leaguers. This is going to take prospects to get it done. And the word yeah. is that the Brian Reynolds ask is incredibly high. So I don't know if that's the guy. I just wonder if you're sitting here in the public going, man, these free agents, nobody wants to come to San Francisco, which is ridiculous and offensive. But if that's what you're thinking is, well, then pivot. Go to your other resources. Maybe there is a trade out there. I find it interesting that Joel Sherman brings it up. Because the only reason I say that is these guys who do this for a living, they don't go to Twitter and just huck words on there for no reason. They hear things. Right. Now, obviously, they hear things wrong sometimes. What's going on, John Heyman? Hope the day is good. But, you know, he's putting that out there for a reason. And I wonder if the Giants try to do something in that way. Because I do, these are big egos. There's a lot on the line. They're very aware of how upset we all are. They're, they're not going to just sit there and shrug their shoulders and be like, oh, well, we, we stink again. Right, they're going to try something. Right. And maybe Farhan's saying, nobody wants to play here because the city is undesirable. <laughs> I will force them. <laughs> I will right. trade for them. That's and I will right. force them to be happy here in the Bay Area. I love the idea of turning Farhan's uh, somewhat infectious laugh into an evil one. That would be great. His laugh is so uncomfortable because... Do you it, find it uncomfortable? It's uncomfortable because what it he's doing... smile. Well, right, is, right, right. Basically, right. he's laughing because he's <laughs> he's not really telling you the truth, you know? He's, he's doing it as a defense mechanism because I don't even think he believes... The stuff that he's throwing. <laughs> do, you, do you think when he's? He, do you think he's a liar? I mean, I and, and I don't want to put that word on it. I'm not no, trying to pin you in the I corner he talks, here, but it's more talk than it is action yeah, when I it comes that. to meaningful free agent signings. Now, if you want to rule five me and international money me, and how many trades did he make last year? 
during the season. Oh, God. He probably I mean, made eight trades yeah, in we, Seattle we, alone. We can't even count them, though, because none How of them... How many players do you think appeared as San Francisco Giants oh, last year? Didn't they trade for Austin Wins? That was a trade, yeah. wasn't it? That was, I mean, that was of all the acquisitions, he probably played the most. If you look at the number of players who participated last year as San Francisco Giants, I think the number's north of 75 mm. different individuals, and that's what Farhan does. Oh so, my God. I, I mean, if he, if you want to tell me he's going to make a trade, I'll buy that because it's what he does. Which, by the way, is part and parcel to why a lot of fans don't connect with this team because Austin wins. He was a giant. Is he still a giant? If he is, then he's probably on the block because you don't have too many guys start the year and finish the year with the Giants. Well, the other thing that I think in the offseason, it's hard to make trades. It's hard to make trades when just about everybody on your roster is on a one-year deal because that makes them less desirable. Like when you look at the history of the trade deadline, when we've had conversations with regard to Madison Bumgarner and then last year Carlos Rodon, I've always thought... One of the reasons they didn't get traded, and I know they got criticized for that by some fans who are like, why would you hold on to them? You're trying to win when you knew you weren't going to win. I don't think they tried to hold on to them to win. I think they held on to them because they didn't get any good offers. Because the offers when somebody is about to expire and go into free agency are going to be bad. What are you going to pay for, you know, what are you going to give up for Carlos Rodon so he can come in, give you nine starts, right. and then leave and ask for seven years and $220 million? Most teams are going to be like, dude. We're good. Well, yeah, I don't, I'm not only going to pay for that. What's that going to do for us? And, and look, the truth be told, I like what you said a little bit ago because I agree with it, which is this. Uh, this is largely an offensive conversation that we're all having. The Giants need to adjust what their lineup looks like, what their offense looks like, what their jersey store looks like. They don't really need to adjust what they're doing as far as a rotation is concerned. They don't. They don't need to. It's worked. It's worked every year. Like, I'm, wouldn't you say, whoever signs Rodon for seven years and $220 million, whoever does that, the second they do it, you're like, hey, you got Rodon. Wouldn't you predict that two and a half years from now you're going to be like, uh, maybe four and a half years, maybe. and that's where the calculus comes in. I, like I get not doing that for a pitcher. I get it. I I just do. I see that for a pitcher in terms of seven years, but then again, we're talking about a team that has money to spend. So why not go ahead and do it and hope that it is four and a half years into the seven year deal? And maybe, maybe you get five. Maybe you get six yeah, good years. I, it's I, not likely based on the history of pitchers, yeah. but. You know, you don't have to be scared off by the Barry Zito disaster. And I just look at Farhan Zaidi in his unwillingness to give anybody a long-term well, deal. Well, that I agree with you. Again, I would rather you put all the resources into the offense uh, and the defense. But you know what I mean, position players. I would rather the resources all go there. They have never landed a long-term, big, major deal for a starting pitcher and have it work. Never. Even when they re-signed Matt Cain, they've never yeah. think about that. Cueto, Samarja, Zito. I know they've all had good moments. Zito had an incredible moment. But those contracts have all been bad. All of them. By the time we got to the end. By the way, the answer to my uh, question that I threw out there, the answer is 66. 66 players? 66 San Francisco Giants. 37 Players uh, played in the field and 32 pitched, but some of those guys who pitched also played in the field. Donovan Walton, Austin Wins, Luis Gonzalez, he pitched five times, by the way. I, uh, I, I feel like we're on a game show called That's Too Much. You know, like you're supposed to, you're supposed to say it out loud when we get to the point. Like, uh, how about 40? How about 45? How about 50? You get to 66. That's too much. How about some of these that's names? That's too many names. That's, uh, yeah, that's too many names. Kai Tom. He played one game. Mike Ford, he played one game. Who are you? Andrew Knapp with a K. Now that's what most of the fans were doing. Well, Stuart yeah. Fairchild, yeah. Austin Dean, Willie Calhoun, Jason Krizan, Michael Papierski. Papierski is Whatever. the one. Wasn't Kevin Padlow. He was from uh, Punch Out, right? Soda Soda Papierski. Wasn't he one of the? He was one of the you guys. Think AJ Prasinski from Mike, the Giants. No, yeah, Mike Tyson's <laughs> Punch Out. Soda Papierski. I remember that guy. 
Wasn't it? I remember Glass Joe yeah, straight no, off the top. I think his name was Soda Papinski, actually, but uh, Papirski is close. Your enough. memories of Ford Proctor as a giant? Um, too many Fords. You already had Mike Ford. We had Ford Proctor <laughs> as well. Um, I used to drive a Ford too Explorer. Too many Fords. And sometimes it broke down. So. 66 Giants appeared in the orange and black. That's, That's too, too many. much. <laughs> yeah. That's too much. Oh, God. Um, okay. Back to Birdie. So, Will Hewlett, check this out. I, I, I want to read this to you. Will Hewlett is Brock Purdy's quarterback coach. And uh, he had a very interesting statement. And we can unpack this oh. with him. He's going to join us here in about six or seven minutes. Listen to what he tweeted. And this was, uh, let's see, December 11th. So this is literally in the middle of the game. Okay? It's halftime. The 49ers are up 28 to nothing. Purdy's quarterback coach goes to Twitter and writes, in the same way, Tom Brady changed the way teams scout quarterbacks. I would hope Brock Purdy's play may also impact the value of certain quote-unquote metrics by which we evaluate quarterbacks. How do you translate that? Well, I wonder what those metrics are. And I, I know he's talking about the 40 time, height. not very fast, height. the height. Not very tall. The arm strength, not very good. So we look at all the measurables when maybe we should be looking at other things like intangibles. And we'll ask him if one of those measurables is college starts because that's one area where he pops. I, I would love to hear what he thinks the metric should be because right. I, I find that comment fascinating and it is true. Like we all want the quarterback to look like Herbert Mahomes and Allen and why wouldn't you? But there, there's only a select few who look like that and then play like that. There's also a bunch of metric busters in the NFL. Yeah. Tua's had a great year until recently. Lamar Jackson was barely a first rounder and, and no one believed in him. Oh, he runs and he's too small. And Drew Brees was a great example through the years. So fascinating conversation, I think. Coming up next, Will Hewlett, Brock Purdy's quarterback coach, will join us coming up right around the corner. It is Willard and Dibs. That's what's up next on the game. Brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service banking, no compromises. Also all sponsored by Pfizer. 888-957-9570 on Willard and Dibs. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 